Welcome to the Us and Stuff podcast, where we talk about family life to creativity and everything in between. And how everything we do is framed by the gospel. Hey, I'm Emily. And I'm RJ. And welcome to the Us Us and Stuff Stuff Podcast. podcast. Welcome back, guys. What's up, y'all? It is now episode eight. Yeah. Hey, we're pushing ten. We should discuss this before, because I am like, yeah. I always Eight. forget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until you say it is when I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome back and thanks for joining us. Um, today is a special podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about our our nephew. Yeah. So April 3rd of 2018, he had passed. He had um, a swimming accident. And it cost him his life. Um, but we were able to at least be there as a family um, at the hospital at Le Bonheur in mm-hmm. Memphis, Tennessee. And um, today is April 4th. And so um, we're going to just do a segment on remembering and also at the same time how to live with hope and grief. Yeah. in the And how to comfort those who may be going through something yeah and learning from those moments or it's in a in a, in the inevitable i can't say that <laughs> <Inevitable>. word <laughs> or because ev- eventually everybody's going to grieve in right. some way so more than likely if you're listening to this you've already experienced grief and you know all of these things all too well or you will eventually yeah. in your future. That's what we're talking about. Or you know about. somebody that's going through it. Yeah. It's like a, you can't get away from it. We live in a fallen world and there is sadness and grief. Mm-hmm. And how as Christians, as believers, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll so, get into that. Um, so just a little backstory on his, on Zach. Um, he was 14. Yeah, he was 14. He had he was, just turned 14. He had just turned recently. 14. Um, March Shortly 10th. before. Yeah. March 10th. And, um, yeah, and we found out the news on April 3rd. Um, we all, let's see. I, f- I found out, um, like, Emily was blowing up my phone. She was actually at a conference. So the Martin Luther King 50th anniversary was that week. Yeah. And so it was Um, downtown in Memphis. Um, There was a lot of people there. Yeah. But I was at the conference there. And, um, I mean, I I truly believe God had me there so that way I was right beside the hospital. Because otherwise, I would have been much further away. I mean, not super far. We don't live that far from Memphis. But... It would have been harder for me to get there, but I could literally yeah. see Labonner from where we were. And I, I worked um, right behind it. Yeah. Um, literally, it's mm-hmm. I can. You could you you literally. Walk I there. ran I yeah. ran there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I was at the conference, and it was amazing. I have yet to go back to watch that full day's. Um, it was a great video. panel. Yeah, yeah, it was an amazing panel. I did go back the following day, and that yeah. was even better. And I'll have to add that part to that story. So don't let me forget if I forget. I'm trying not to. Um, <laughs> but that day, I remember getting there and it's, it's just, I mean, it was a beautiful April day. It was super windy, a little chilly, but it was just a really was nice. great day. And we get there and, you know, we're 
and worship music and we're around all of these Christians who are there to celebrate diversity mm-hmm. and remembering the life of Martin Luther King Jr. and just seeing how far God has brought just people here in the South. I and mean, we Memphis. have far away to a go. Big deal. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But it was just a beautiful moment. Yeah. And then I got that phone call no one wants to get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my first thought was, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe yeah. maybe he fell into water. Maybe it's not. You know, I'm trying well, to wrap my, my mind around also it. Also, for, for the listeners, is he also... He's a, I mean, he's a young fourteen-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and this kid's ambitious. Yeah, like he does everything, like shoot guns and like uh, hunt and like he just does it all. Like he, he likes to just be active. He probably more than what he he can actually do, because <laughs> he wasn't very graceful with those things. Um, but yeah, so we all got that phone call, and Emily was trying to get a hold of me because she—I think she knew that I was right there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I got that, I said, "All right, fine, I'll run over to La Bonner. And then I ran over there, and it was actually—they didn't know. Um, I ran to the uh, emergency room, mm-hmm. and just—you know—just to be quick, um, I was the first person there. And then, as time kind of went on, like. You know, minutes after I was in the ICU, I wasn't in the room with Zach. Um, I was actually comforting his grandmother, um, Miss uh, Sheila. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was hang, hanging out with her and trying to comfort her. And then everybody started trickling in. Then Emily came in and then, and also people from the church. Mm-hmm. And so for those last um, couple hours, actually, we were there until almost 9 o'clock. He passed at 6.05. Yeah. Yeah. We've but we got, stayed there for a while. Yeah, I was there. And but so when we first showed up, it was just one of those things like you just don't know the full story and you're well, just Well, we didn't know. Nobody yeah. knew. But anyways, we get there and I have to praise Labonner Hospital right now. Yeah. Like they literally I believe they did everything they possibly could. Yeah. And they went above, above. and beyond to be there for the family. In the family room, there was this lady, and I really wish I could remember her name, but she was there, and she played with Layla. She works for the hospital. That's her job. job. But she was so good at it. But she played with Layla. She colored with her. She blew bubbles. And she was like, my job is to let Layla be a child, and I'm going to be here. That way you guys can do whatever you need to. We don't want you guys to worry about Yeah. And in so that mi- way, TJ and Angie, Zach's mom, were able to be with him the whole time yeah. and not having to worry about Layla. if Layla's taken care of. She was very... And Layla's very, her, uh, his sister. Yes, yeah. by the way, yeah. I guess um, I should mention that. Yeah, so it was very, very comforting. Um, the staff there was more than accommodating. Um, the room that we were in actually had snacks and stuff so because mm-hmm. none of us had eaten dinner or anything yeah um and well we could so we really for coffee yeah we couldn't really eat honestly but yeah. you, you know you had to eat something so yeah. um but the time was just dragging on it felt like an eternity um and everybody with the unknown that we don't know what to do like yeah. there was a lot of question marks in that room yeah um but 
I truly think that God, especially during, and so this now turns to you guys. When times are like that and when it seems glum and dark and even the unsurety, unsure of, unsurety? Is that a word? Uncertainty. Uncertainty, mm-hmm. yeah. Even if the uncertainty of what's next I know for a fact that God moves in those moments. Yes. And so I will add that day. It's one of those things, you know, we always say like God comforts those who are broken and they're grieving. And you don't really understand that until you're in those situations and you actually are the one who's being comforted. And I remember praying that whole time on my knees, just not knowing what to say. And seeing my brother and Angie, and I mean, I don't want to relive the whole day, but all I could say in those moments was, God, you are good, and God, you are sovereign. Mm -hmm. And all I could do was worship. And it was the weirdest thing. Stop. (laughs) It's still... It was... It's in the years. Yeah, yeah, it's still still kind of open wounds. Um, I'm trying not to cry the whole time. Um, but just seeing that God is still good, even when things just don't make any sense. Like a 14 year old, like you don't ever, ever expect it to be one of your children or nieces or nephews. Like it's just, you know, no one expects that, but when that happens and then I'm able to still pray and God's given it. Like I literally, there were times where all I could pray was God, you are good and you are sovereign. You are good and you are Mm -hmm. sovereign and I will worship you. And then I just prayed, God help me not to become bitter towards you. And I pray that for everyone in our family, may we see that you are still good and sovereign even in these situations. So it was just amazing to feel his presence and comfort when yeah. it just, it, it was a, for someone who doesn't know Christ, I can see how that moment could have felt completely hopeless and mm. devastating. But God helped me make sense of it, even though it's still, yeah. I don't know if sense but is it, the right word. But even like with the people that didn't know God, because there's a few yeah. people there that, knew him and were there to support the family and they don't know God. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can see God's hand in those things. Yeah. Like them coming to us, like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. And so for us to be able to shout or not shout, but praise and say like, we have a good God. Our, Mm -hmm. our hope is in a God. And I remember I, during just during those pauses of, silence and weeping and some people were like just mumbling mm-hmm. um i looked out the door you know i looked out the window and we're on the like was it the sixth floor i know it was pretty fifth high floor. Yeah. yeah we're on the fifth floor and i i remember looking out and i was like man it's such a beautiful day it was a beautiful day and then and the tornadoes remember that it did but i thought during that time when the sun was setting you know, you see the clouds and you see the, like, just people moving on with their lives. And I just remember seeing, thinking, God, mm-hmm. you're, 
you're still working this out. Like, how are you working this out here in this room that's just, like, full of mm-hmm. unknown and uncertainty and and grief and, like, we don't know what to do. But yet there's still this then, entire world. But look still... how beautiful of, yeah. of a day you've made. And that person down there is looking up to the sky and saying, wow, it's so nice yeah. today. And there's so many different stories so you see our family, and we're all grieving, and we're in a hospital where you know. And also mm-hmm. St. Jude is just a couple blocks away. And you just think of all of these different things that are going yeah. on that are, like you're saying, is like all of this grieving or, you you know, prayers yeah. for sick family members. But then you do have those who are celebrating. Like the rest of the people stayed at the MLK the thing. Yeah. And, oh, and it was good. They're, they're all celebrating and the fact that God can be there and the joy of these people and the grief of these people at the same exact time. How amazing is that? Like we serve a God who his hand is in every person's life. Yeah. He doesn't have to take his hand off of here to be able to comfort these people over here. He just, when we constantly, I know it sounds cliche too again, but when we say we have a living God, Mm. that's living. Like yeah. that's a living God. That's an act of God. So the other thing I wanted to add about the MLK thing is there was an app for the conference. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I went on there and I posted, everyone, please pray for my nephew, for my family. I don't know what's going on. And um, I'm just constantly getting messages from everybody yeah. at the conference. It was really well, then, cool to see. It was amazing. Well, not just that, but there was this one man in particular, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, but he messaged me and he asked if we were going to be back the next day. And he said, I would like to meet with you and pray. And my sister was able to go the second day with me, yeah. which we got to meet John Piper, by the way. And I'll have to throw that in there. <laughs> so my sister may have fangirled for just a split second. We're walking down the road. Well, she was also very vulnerable. Yeah, we we're, just we're lost off. Her. Yeah. But yeah. we turn around and I see Piper. He's standing right beside us. And I'm like, Sam, don't freak out. But John Piper is standing right beside you. <laughs> and she... Mowed you over. <laughs> yeah, she like jumps around and she starts telling him like we just want to thank you for the service that you do and sharing the gospel and reminding us of the truth of the gospel and it's something that we need even more right now because we just lost our nephew and he actually shared shed a tear with her as he's walking i mean he's a busy man he's trying to get back to the yeah they're walking they're actually walking and he's about uh, to speak and um but he was just walking back from because it was lunchtime or whatever anyways but that was really a cool moment yeah. for her is just to see that. And the fact that he walked beside us and shed a tear, but then he continued to walk and was like, okay. And it was a reminder to me. And that moment is like the gospel continues. Mm-hmm. God's work continues. The mission, we, continues. The mission continues. Yeah. And Piper is not who we worship. John Piper is just a man. And he's there to point <laughs> yeah. us to the gospel. Your sister had other. <laughs> but... Yeah. I was thankful that he didn't just stop. Yeah. But he reminded me that the gospel continues even in that and that it's not these pastors who we follow, but it's Christ. And yeah. these pastors are just reminding us who we follow. Yeah. And so it was just really cool just to see that 
it was just a few minutes of my yeah. life. But even in that moment, it was just God working just to remind me who yeah. it is that we're serving. Anyways, this guy who messaged us to me and pray um, catches up with us in the hallway. And he just sits there and listened to us. Yeah. He just sat there. And he was, I mean, we're sitting there just, you know, blubbering, wailing, crying, <laughs> you know. But he didn't try to stop us. He didn't try to, like... He didn't question your no, theology. No, he just <laughs> let us, just yeah. let it all out. And then there were a few things that he said to us that I remember him comforting us and all of this. And then he prayed with us. And then I found out he was actually... I think... He, I want to say he said he was a grief counselor at his church, which was like from many states away. Like he wasn't even from here. So he's still he working. He <laughs> came here by himself. Yeah. And we're like, he was some form of counselor. Hmm. I want to say he was a grief counselor. But anyways, he was a counselor at his church where he's from. Well, any kind of counseling in a but way. But I just, <laughs> Samantha and I were talking, we we're like, how cool is it that this guy flew from whichever state he was from all the way to Memphis by himself and I believe God had him there because he provided a counselor for us that day yeah. to sit, to listen, and to pray with us. And it was just really cool. It was just like there was these constant things that were yeah. happening just to constantly remind us that we were not alone. Yeah, and God orchestrates those things. And I think uh, that's one of the things that we want to for you to um, be there for others as well as um, for yourself. Um, practical ways of serving those who are grieving, yeah. including, you know, like other, like I said, other people that are grieving or going through something like that or had lost somebody. Um, just recently on the news, um, a, a rapper got shot and he was killed and so many people were affected by it. And a lot of them were like, we need answers, mm -hmm. you know, and there's so many, when when there's a loss, so many people need answers. But one of the things that I probably would urge you to do is to do what that man had done instead of... Just trying to give answers. Yeah. Don't. Sometimes, don't do. sometimes the best answer you can give them is the answer of they're not alone. Yeah. Just to sit there and let them talk. Yeah, just to be present. I think, um, I think that's definitely... Probably, I mean, I'm sure the counseling that he does, he did give, gave hope, oh, gave for comfort. Sure. Um, and I think showing that hope. And sometimes, like we know, it, so as believers, so when a believer is grieving and you have another brother or sister beside you that's a believer and they're trying, like they want to do all that they can to try to help you in those situations. Sometimes even just sharing those quote unquote, you know, hope-filled whatever lingo sometimes those are not helpful in those situations especially when it just happened yeah if it's, it's still fresh yeah it's like i highly recommend i couldn't it. even tell you what like no. i i remember like shortly after it was announced that he had passed mm -hmm. and we all went into the room and we were coming out and we stayed there for like another hour or mm -hmm. so just just yeah. trying to get, get it out, together get it yeah. together there was nothing that I could do for you. Like as as a husband, I can say I love you, and I and I did, and I told her, you know, you were the great 
you're the best aunt for her, uh, for Zach, and like just trying to comfort her. But there was nothing I can actually say or do to make this not suck. But that's also the evidence of who God is, and He's the only true source yeah. of comfort. And there's no words in those moments, especially to the parents. There's nothing, yeah. and I can't imagine. And in those moments, if I were my brother, I would just yell out, shut up, if someone were trying to and tell me. Like, and even as a Christian, yeah. in those moments, I don't want to hear your comfort. Yeah. At that time, just sit there with me. Now, there will come a time as you're going through the grieving process, and also I've learned everyone grieves differently. Yeah. But as they're going through that grieving process, as you go along with them and you find out what you can do to help them. So the do's and don'ts we wrote here, like practical things that you can do and things that you shouldn't do um, as you're helping someone go through the grieving process is just be there for them. And sometimes they may just need to be along for a minute too. Don't say it'll be okay, even though we do know. And we even know. Even in those moments, like God is sovereign and God has a plan. But even sometimes, you just don't need to say anything. At the, at the yeah. very, very beginning, the best thing you can do is just to sit there with them and even cry with them. Yeah. And then as they go through the process, you can remind them of the hope that they have in Christ. Yeah. We grieve as those who have hope. First Thessalonians, I believe it's chapter 4, it tells us, do not grieve as those who have no hope. And we, we and we can remind that to our yeah. to our grieving family, but sometimes it's best just not to say yeah. anything. Again, but, just have that discernment. Yeah. I think I I remember just saying I love you yeah. to to uh, TJ. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing a man like looking over his son like that, mm. and as honestly, in a weird way, as peaceful as can be. He didn't, he very well, I would have been throwing chairs. I would have been. Which you think you would. And that's the yeah, other I don't thing. Know, is, but... So that's the one thing I was going to say too is I worry a lot. There's a lot of times where, especially before this, where I would sit and think like, what if something happens to my child? What if, you know, whatever happens? Like I come up with some crazy scenarios sometimes in my head. I'm like, I don't think I could deal with that. But then when these moments happen and you see God's grace and his yeah. mercy helping you and his comfort and his hand guiding this whole thing is we may not realize and we may not think that we can get through those. And we can't like no one can get through those moments yeah. without God. And it's not your own strength. But instead of me sitting here saying like, I'll throw chairs if that happens to my my kid. I trust that when when and if that time ever happens to us, that God's going to get us through that. Yeah. And it's only by Him. I wasn't going to say I'm actually going to throw it. No, I know. I know. But I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not that strong, honestly. <laughs> but I think I, I was just expressing like the how how almost rightfully yeah. He could have done that and I would have been like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Like, it's totally cool. Um, but He wasn't. He was like, Again, like what you said, God's grace was through it all. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was able, all I could say was just how much I loved him um, and how much I was proud of him as as his mm-hmm. dad. And so I just thought, you know, that I, there was, honestly, 
It just kept on repeating in my head that I cannot provide this family with anything other, other than, than Christ. Christ. Yeah. Because that's the only hope that I can ever offer to them yeah. is him. And so with that is other than our words, there's other things that we can do. So if yeah. you if you know someone who's going through a hard time, practical ways to serve them, there were like the smallest little things that people did for us that spoke more than any words could ever speak. Yeah, that lady but, gave us, she let us, um, she got Zach's handprint. Oh, yeah. The, and she printed out like a gazillion copies and just gave it to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was... That was special, which, I mean, they're not going to go, the people who are listening to this, they're not going to go get a handprint of their deceased loved one for everyone. No, I'm but, just saying serve others. Yeah. And I think the service to others speaks volumes. Yeah. But so the practical things that you, the listener, can do is things like toilet paper. I remember crying my eyes out when someone brought in a huge thing of toilet paper to Samantha's house as we're sitting there because we have all this family coming in from out of town. We didn't even think about going to get extra toilet paper. Um, Someone brought over a basket. I think it had like cold Just medicine that. and chapstick and they're oh, like yeah, yeah. extra toothbrushes or something for yeah. family members who may be out of town and they forgot those things and or they did. Um, like we did we needed it <laughs> of course meals those were always appreciated yeah. but then plastic to keep the meals in like mm-hmm. the throwaway tupperware yeah. um, some people were like i'm sorry i didn't have time to cook but i stopped by and i got you all these paper products so that way you don't have to do dishes yeah. Those things, again, just let us know that people were thinking of us and that we were not alone. And it was just, again, at that time, that was more special to us than someone sitting beside us trying to say the right words. Because, again, they're really at those times just aren't the right words to say. Yeah. But really just serving goes beyond words. I actually got um, texts from people from the internet which was really odd but it was comforting to me to see that um, people that were believers that were um, that had heard about my story because I didn't really go on to social media too much other than just pray for my nephew yeah Um, but just to see that overflow of love from everybody and then like you said on uh, through the app uh, through Mm -hmm. that that conference and genuine um, yeah, these were like genuine Not just a prayers. quick like prayer emoji, but they would yeah. actually send out a genuine like... Don't pray prayer emoji, please. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if that's all you can think of, I mean, that's better than... Well, just say okay. you're praying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so just think of practical ways that you can serve other people and also keep an eye out. There's always someone around you. There's so many times where I'm like, how could I serve people in my community? There's always people going through something. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of ways that we could do these practical things yeah. to serve other you're, people. You're essentially showing the hope that right. we're... Because when you're in that moment, you feel helpless or you're hopeless. Mm-hmm. You're showing them the hope, which is Christ. Yeah. So be that body. Um, yesterday, actually, Emily and uh, my mother-in-law went and got a basket uh, right? Wasn't yeah. it just like full well, of snacks? And, yeah, we went to Walmart and just loaded this thing Yeah, you down. got like um, so Play-Doh. We got, yeah, so we got coloring books, Play-Doh, uh, colors, uh, snacks, coffee, creamer. Yeah. Just 
whatever we could find and we the just filled, filled it up. But we got to have the honor of taking it up to Le Bonheur and they allowed us to go up to the family the room, room, the okay. same room that we were in a year ago to that day. And we got to walk in there and I got to sit it on the counter that we got our coffee that yeah. day. And I turned around and just told everyone in the room. And there's people doing like there were, I wasn't there, um, but she was telling me that there was people there that had the same look on their faces. Yeah. That we, that the we best had. way that I can describe it is, they were strangers that had a very familiar face that I knew very, very well. Um, and you just see that look on their face. And I just, at first, you know, I was excited to be able to serve. Yeah. But then it got real once yeah. I walked in there. And, of course, I mean, I, I couldn't keep it together. But to the best that I could speak is just to let them know why we were bringing it. And it really meant a lot. And so we're going to start making this a annual thing that we do every year, April 3rd, (laughs) we will be bringing a basket to take to that room. Um, But if you would like to donate to Le Bonheur, you can go to Le Bonheur. We'll actually put a link to their hospital donation site. Yeah. We'll put it in the description. Um, And, I'm telling you, your money will not be wasted yeah, going these, to that hospital. They, they but I would say donate directly to Le Bonheur so that way you can make sure it gets there. I'm not going to take donations no, and no. Um, do that. Um, next year, if you would like to donate towards the basket and let me know, I mean, you can yeah, always maybe, maybe we'll, do that. But um, I highly recommend just donating yeah. to the hospital because they were just amazing. But I, I, And it's also this a cool thing because um, the mother-in-law... She wasn't actually there when my mom, yeah, yeah, um, hadn't. He, she wasn't there when she, she had um, when he had passed. Yeah, she didn't get to. Be, she was actually back at home and had no way of getting yeah, there. Yeah, so for her to have almost like a closure to be in that room where we mm-hmm. were, um, I think she got a lot of, out of it too, and she felt good about it. Like yeah. I remember you telling me, "Man, that feels good," and I just think that's so. It's balm to the heart, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think it's just such a, a good thing. So I encourage you guys to continue to um, comfort those by service. And if you're going through grief, um, allow those people to, to serve you. Yeah, and, um, and be open to tell other people how they can. Because a lot of times people just don't know. Yeah. And, you know, and if you don't know, just say, I don't know, just pray. And it's okay just to be, be honest with other people what you're going through. Um, but there's so much we can learn through all of this. And I mean, again, I know most of you have probably have gone through something similar, um, and have grieved a loss of a family member or loved one, but we all can learn from this. But again, the thing that I am constantly reminded of is that we have hope and we do not grieve as those who have no hope. And if you don't know this hope, pick up the Bible and that's where you're going to find it. I can't, I don't, there's not enough time for me to, to tell you all that there is. And I can't change your heart, but get into the word and seek this hope that we're speaking of. But this hope that I am talking about is that Christ came and lived for us and then conquered death and then was resurrected. This life, even though it ends, that is not the end. 
he conquered death. So even though our bodies die, we do not die. If we belong to him, we will live forever and ever and ever in his presence with God. And the thing, the beauty of it is not, our hope is not in eternal life. My hope is in being able to see God forever. If God were not there, I don't want eternal life. But this amazing God who created all things lives outside of time. There's no end to him. Like there's no way you could ever find the end of God. He's outside of time and just our minds could never comprehend him. And that is who we get to spend eternity with. And so my hope is not in just the fact that I will not die, but my hope is in the fact that I will live forever with this God. And that's who I serve. And that's why I have hope and why I can continue with this life and know that even when those things happen, that will bring grief and it's okay to be sad and sorrowful, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think, um, you know, to along with that is, you know, I, I, I don't like to use the expression 10 out of 10 people pass, you know, they die. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I have heard is everybody will, everybody that had lived will see and come face to face with that God. One way or another. One way or another, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come face to face with mm-hmm. God. So knowing and having hope and grace and comfort in Christ, it just gives you such a peace mm-hmm. about being able to be there. And like you said, I know I can face God and it not be in judgment. That's my yeah. hope. Is yeah. To be able to stand there in His presence and that that's the greatest thing. Um, so along with that being said, our our main thing that we just want to push is don't take life for granted. I know yeah. that this is um, an easy thing to say, mm-hmm. um, especially when we had just lost um, family and this is, you know, an anniversary of just being reminded, but we can't take life for granted. No. He was 14 years old and it, it was shortened. Yeah. Um, and there's been other people that's been in our lives that probably could have had many, many, many more years. And um, and but that's where we also trust in God's sovereign hand. And even that is exactly. that we do not serve a God who created us and stepped back and stopped controlling things. His hand is still in that. Yeah. And even though we may not understand it on this side of heaven, why those things are allowed to happen. I do know that God has a plan and a purpose for all of that. Yeah. And that's why I brought it up. Um, that's why we're, we're setting it up that way. So you can, that's why we're telling our story is so to, you can see that even though we were all praying for him mm-hmm. to just get up and yeah. walk out of those doors, it didn't happen. Mm-mm. And so does God work in those moments? Yes, absolutely. In fact, he works in those darker areas even more. Yeah. And I want you guys to know that don't sweat the petty stuff. Yeah. You know? I think that's the biggest thing that I, I mean, not the biggest because obviously, I mean, yeah. seeing God's hand in it all. And also, but... I, we also know that in the thick of things, 
it's very easy to be distracted and be frustrated or angry at something mm -hmm. but don't sweat those things yeah. like I, it's, it's even changed my way of like I say good morning differently, mm -hmm. you know, and goodbye I'm, differently. Yeah, when you say, when you say I love you, say I love you before you leave. And then, so what I was gonna say though is, one of the biggest things that I've learned through this is, I mean, we always say life is short; don't take it for granted. But then, when you see just how quickly it can be taken from you, is yeah. you stop worrying about stupid stuff and arguing over the dumbest crap and letting things get you so angry that just doesn't matter yeah. so what if that person cut you off in line let yeah. them go ahead of you yeah. right i mean especially as believers i mean we're called to serve and love others and love our enemies and pray for them and so on top of that when we know that and we also see that these other things that are bugging us in this life just don't really matter compared to eternity and the shortness of this life. It's just pick and choose what's really worth getting angry yeah. about. What is and, important. And even with that family member who you may not even get along with, mend those things, you yeah. know, like, or mend those relationships. That's what yeah. I meant to say. Um just just stop just stop it yeah. i guess that's <laughs> the best way to say it is <laughs> this it my, my biggest words i can give you no, is just stop it just we, we get forgive over it. we forgive as christ does right we love as christ does we do those things and his mercies are always there whether it's good or being on the bad side of things or on the good side of things his mercies are there and his grace is sufficient so mm -hmm. um we're going to close, and um, Emily's going to read, actually, the letter that she wrote um, for um, Zach's funeral. Um, we, we had all, I think, each family member, um, or at least for the family. Just a few of us wrote uh, a letter to, to, to be read at the yeah. funeral. Um, but I felt like it would be a good way just to close this out, and then you can kind of hear um, that side. Yeah. So, Okay. Those beautiful blue eyes were the first thing I noticed the first time I held you. You were the most beautiful baby I'd ever seen, and I was so proud to show you off and to say I was your Aunt Lulu. I always looked forward to getting to babysit you, and when you got to stay the night with us, your Uncle RJ and I were not yet parents, so we said you were our practice baby. We knew nothing about being parents. But you started teaching us before we could, before you could even talk. You also taught us that buying a drum set for a toddler probably wasn't the smartest gift to buy. I later apologized to your parents for that. Again, we were not yet parents and had a lot to learn. Yeah, I love seeing you grow up and watching your personality grow. It was so hard to move away and miss out on so much of those years of you growing up. It seemed like every time we came to visit, you grew 10 inches taller. I'll never forget you walking into the door and standing beside me, looking down to show me how short I am. And you always greeting us with, hello, short people. You continue to teach me in those times and how quickly kids grow and how we could enjoy every moment in each stage of childhood because they go by so fast. When we finally got back our 
finally got to move back home last July, I was so excited to be back with family. We had so much fun this past summer. My most favorite memory will be playing with dry ice and seeing all that we could do with it. Your excitement and laugh made it that much more fun. You taught us to enjoy those little moments. Your cousins thought you were the coolest kid and looked up to you so much. And you always looked out for them. I'll never forget listening around the corner as you introduced them to real music. I laughed as you said, bruh, you don't know crap about anything. This is real music. These are the red hot chili peppers. This is classic. And that time we were controlling the Alexa speaker and changing the music. And you freaked out thinking it was haunted. You taught us that family can also be friends. Thank you for being such a good friend to your cousins. This past Easter will be a day I'll cherish forever. Watching you hunt for eggs that were not hidden. April Fools could not have landed <laughs> on it a better day. Yeah. Trading yeah. candy and you standing up for your cousins. When I was getting in the car, I got to tell you I love you. And hearing you say I love you too, Aunt Lulu. Hey, my day. We are all so proud of you that day, and you taught us that we should always be sure to say I love you before we leave, because that could be the last time we get to say it. Your 14 years on earth may have, sorry, may have gone by quickly. But you taught us so much in that short amount of time. And I know that as we share these stories and continue, to, you will continue to teach us in those. I truly thank God for the gift of your life. And I pray that we will learn from this. May we learn not to take life for granted. To enjoy it and to love everyone around us. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> We're going to miss that kid, and uh, we thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Us. And stuff. <laughs> Have a good week, and we'll see you next Friday. Hopefully, <laughs> we got to lighten this up. <laughs> We're gonna get, I promise. We're you. not going to survive if we just keep on doing this.